Welcome to Fangs and Folklore with your spooky host, Matthew Miller, expert in all things monster and paranormal. We give you pint-sized, bite-sized pieces of supernatural monster lore, exploring their origins, their history, and their meaning to the human condition. Listen, if you dare. <laughs> Semper aliquid novi africam ad fere, said Pliny the Elder. Africa always brings something new. Better known in English, this proverb is always something new out of Africa. I don't know about you, but when I think of Africa, I think of a great expanse of humanity, history, and geography that surprises us in all ways. The limitless possibilities of Africa are still given to humanity as gifts. And Africa truly is the mother of all of humankind. One gift that Africa gives fangs and folklore is the legend of the cryptid that we call the Mokele Mbembe, meaning the one that stops the river's flow. Necessarily supernatural, but rather a previously undiscovered life form, possibly. Think, lost, uh, think like Loch Ness Monster, Bigfoot, which we looked at already in this series, fangs and folklore. The Mokele Mbembe, is allegedly found in the Congo River Basin, uh, the area around the Congo River, of course, in Central Africa. And I just want to mention that 80%, 80% of the Congo River Basin is still uncharted and unexplored. That sounds amazing, doesn't it? But it's true, adventurous. The Mokele Mbembe is generally described as a large quadrupedal herbivore with a smooth skin, a long neck, uh, a, a larger head, with a single tooth or a single horn. It depends on uh, who is telling you the story. And according to a summary of alleged accounts, its body size is about that of a very large hippopotamus or an elephant. And um, the length of the, of the neck is supposed to be five to 10 feet long, somewhere in there. Tail, five to 10 feet long. And there are, there are reports out of Cameroon that the creature is up to 75 feet in length, which would be enormous indeed. There have also been reports of a frill on the back of the creature's head, like, you know, like a chicken, like a rooster, the, the comb or the frill on the back of its head. And many claims that, uh, many claim that the creature lives in the natural clay caves created in the bends of the river, the Congo River. So let's look at some mentions and sightings. I find it um, frustrating, I'm just going to make a brief point here, that the material available for the Mokele Mbambe is very Eurocentric in nature, the material available to us, uh, at least. All the, the sightings and the accounts are by white Europeans who went to Africa. Uh, there's a very pointed dearth of <laughs> information about Africans themselves and the creature. Now, we know that the, the lore of the creature has been around forever, countless generations, thousands of years, more than that, who knows. But I find it incredibly short-sighted and racist, frankly, that we Westerners, the, the, the material we can access is all about white people who went to Africa. That's just a personal pet peeve, uh, but alas, I digress. The only references to actual sightings by Africans, locals, are just you know general statements like they've been describing it for thousands of years, tens of thousands of years. There's one that I found 
uh, in the year 2000, two Congolese security guards spotted one. That's it. That's the whole uh, depth of the opus of research about Africans themselves spotting it. So I find that really disturbing. But, but we do know that this has been a legend among African people in the Congo River Basin area for, you know, just forever, since they can remember being existent. So what about references in Africa by non-Africans? And by that, we mean white Europeans. Okay. The earliest mention of the uh, Mokele Mbembe comes from uh, the 1776 book. This is a, a year uh, that we Americans know well. The History of Luanga, Kakonga, and Other Kingdoms in Africa. It was written by a French guy, uh, Lievin Bonaventure Provard, who was a French missionary um, and in that area. And so he claims to have seen enormous footprints in the region and to have been told by the locals that, yeah, this is the Mbembe. Uh, the always forget Mokele Mbembe, yeah. Uh, another account in 1909 that the locals spoke of a creature and in, in Zambia known as the Nsanga, uh, different word, different language, of course. And uh, he said the the creature resembled a sauropod, which is a four-legged, large, uh, I think dinosaur, I think brontosaurus, right? Giant vegetarians with tails and long necks. And he was shown a hide, a skin, which he was told belonged to the... Uh, to the creature when visiting an island called Mbawala Island. 1909, uh, big game hunter Carl Hagenbeck, uh, he heard about this creature that from t all the locals told him about it, told them it was real, um, some kind of dinosaur, he says, seemingly akin to the brontosaurs. Brontosaurs, if you've seen Jurassic Park or if you like dinosaurs, they're the biggest land animals that ever lived in history. They're the giant things with long, long necks that eat leaves, right? so large that predators, you know, carnivores couldn't, you know, attack them if you want, but their skin's probably thicker than the entire body of the, of the predator. A uh, German guy, 1913 Cameroon, he says this, quote, of course, translated to English, the animal is said to be of a brownish gray color with a smooth skin. Its size is approximately that of an elephant, at least that of a hippopotamus. It is said to have a, a long and very flexible neck and only one tooth, but a very long one. Some say it is a horn. A few spoke about a long, muscular tail like that of an alligator. Canoes coming near it are said to be doomed. The animal is said to attack the vessels at once and to kill the crews, but without eating the bodies. The creature is said to live in the caves that have been washed out by the river in the clay of its shores at sharp bends. It is said to climb the shores even in daytime in search of food. Its diet is said to be entirely vegetable. Uh, okay, so the preferred plant was shown to me. It is a kind of liana with large white blossoms, a milky sap, and apple-like fruits. At the Sombo River, I was shown a path said to have been made by this animal in order to get at food. The path was fresh. There were plants of the described type nearby, but since there were too many other tracks of elephants, hippos, large mammals, it was impossible to make out a particular spore with any amount of certainty. Spore is tracks and footprints of animals. Uh, now, the Smithsonian in Washington, Smithsonian Institute, I, I love the Smithsonian, by the way, a 32-man expedition was sent in 1919 uh, to get some plants and animal specimens in order to document, you know, uh, life in Africa, and their African guides found large, unexplained tracks along the bank of a river. Later in a swamp, the team heard mysterious roars, which had no resemblance with any known animal. That's interesting. If you grew up around swamps like me, you know that there are sounds that creatures make, bullfrogs, alligators, things like this, but they said it was like nothing they knew. And there was an accident in a train and the expedition, you know, some of them died and they just said, okay, gave up the expedition. Uh, 
Mm, Ivan T. Sanderson, a cryptozoologist, claimed that in 1932 he was in Cameroon. He witnessed an enormous creature in the Mainyu River. Mainyu. The creature was wounded, he said, and uh, was flapping about in the water. It was colored dark. The animal, listen to this, the animal's head alone was nearly the size of a hippo. My goodness. He, his native guides termed the creature, the, he wrote it in his phonetic spelling. spelling. Uh, he was English, I suppose, or American. He wrote Mku Umbimbu. Uh, that was his writing of the way they pronounced it. Uh, Ivan Riedel in 1966 took fo- uh, footprint pictures. I'll show you some of these in a little bit. Three toes, by the way, keep that in mind. 1976 in Gabon, James Powell said that he uh, met someone who was an eyewitness to this animal, and he, um, uh, natives told him, the locals told him, I don't like the word native, it's kind of, uh, I don't know, locals told him that this creature ate the flowering liana plant. They told him this without him asking, which is the same claim that had already been told to Stein from, uh, you know, earlier. Mm, they said they were shown pictures of animals alive and extinct, and they suggested that the closest thing to the animal they knew was the Diplodocus, which if Diplodocus, if you know, is like a smaller brontosaurus, and it's a dinosaur. It's been extinct for millions of years. Mm, uh, let's see, there was a man named Reverend Thomas, a missionary. You probably know how I feel already about missionaries going into other lands and cultures. Anyway, I digress again. <laughs> And the, they told him that they were uh, they had to build a large fence across the river to keep the thing from interfering with their fishing culture, fishing fishing industry. And um, he said they mimicked the sound of the animal. And these people, a certain people, actually said that they killed one and cooked it and ate it. Uh, those who ate it eventually died from food poisoning. Mm, that's interesting, isn't it? To eat one. Uh, okay, another expedition, um, a man named Regusters, Herman Regusters, Regusters and his wife, they uh, were in the, uh, the Congo region in 1981, so that's pretty recent. They observed a long-necked member traveling across Lake Tele, okay. They said they tried filming it, but the film was, it was too hot and humid for the film to keep properly. Understandable. And uh, there's one photo, which I think I'll show you in a bit, about with some object in the lake. He also found footprints. Um, it also returned, it also had recorded a sound of a low, windy roar, quote, that increased to a deep-throated, trumpeting growl. And I tried to find that for you. I can't find it. I don't think it's, it's available anymore, but... The claim. In 1985, some uh, Rory Nugent spotted something swimming across a lake, uh, curvy. Uh, the natives said it's a god, don't go to it. Uh, it's, if it approaches you, fine, but you cannot approach it. So they thought it was a god. Now, in 1988, this is interesting, a Japanese expedition went uh, to try to film. Uh, I don't know if they went for specifically for the Mokele Mbambe, but they, they were in a plane just filming footage and they saw something in the lake. And it's something swimming across the lake. I will show you this film in a bit. Um, some people say it's just a canoe. Others say it's elephant swimming. But it's so hard to tell. The film's of poor quality. You'll see in a little bit. <clears throat> there are many other stories like this. But they have some things in common. They're legendary. And there's really no hard evidence. Okay. Now, let's look at a few photos that I, uh, your faithful host of Fangs and Folklore, Matthew Miller, that's me, 
have gone to the ends of the earth to procure from you. I went on an expedition into the heart of Africa in the Congo Basin for weeks and almost lost my life many times. And uh, okay, that never happened. I used the internet, but uh, let's take a look. Here's a photo of some footprints. For the listeners, they are large three-toed footprints in mud with rounded and uh, rounded heels and distinct kind of almost pointed toes. Note that these are three-toed. That's important because elephants have five toes. Uh, hippopotamuses, hippopotamus, hippopotami have four. Rhinoceroses, rhinoceri, I suppose, have three toes. Okay, so you might think, okay, elephants five, hippopotamus four, rhinos have three. You might think, okay, these are just rhino prints. There are rhino prints in places, but a few things to note. First of all, African uh, rhinos cannot swim. <laughs> Asian rhinos can. African rhinos cannot. They avoid rivers. They drink water, of course, but they also avoid getting too near deep water. Now, uh, next, a rhino's toes are much more rounded than these prints. And then third, the bottom of a rhino's footprint is sort of like a clover shape. It has kind of like two, two lobes, I suppose, while these are very round on the bottom. And the second photo here makes the rounded heel even clearer. It's another footprint photo. Of course, I'm no rhino expert. I'm not, not an expert on rhinoceros spore, but I can tell a distinct difference between these and the rhino footprints. Here are some rhino prints for comparison. For the listeners, as I described, they, uh, they have much rounder, less distinct toes, one large middle toe and two smaller ones, whereas the other ones were kind of evenly shaped and sized, and then a clover-shaped heel. And then the footprints in question are much larger than rhino footprints. That's something else to keep in mind. Another point is that African rhinos are endangered, and they, they're not many in all of Africa, and the ones that exist live on four reserves across the continent. As, from what I understand, there are no wild rhinos roaming the Congo River Basin, and those footprints uh, were muddy, right? Uh, in, in fact, the rhinos not being there in the wild, that's been, a, a, that's been true for a long time. Okay, so here's another photo, a neck sticking out of the water, a neck and a head. Uh, for the listeners, it looks very much like the Loch Ness Monster photos <laughs> of a neck and a head. Here is a still frame from the Japanese expedition film. This photo is kind of blurry, but it's grainy, it's black and white, I understand. It does kind of look like a creature with a neck, right? Alright, so the film that it came from. I have a couple of things I'm going to show you here about the film. Um, the, first of all, the camera in both of these films I'm going to show uh, is kind of shaky and uh, especially the one from the plane. So uh, the first film here, this is a creature jumping up out of the water, splashing around. Um, if you pause it, it looks like a miniature dinosaur, which is weird. I'm not sure what, what the point of that is. A baby creature? I don't know. Uh, so that film there, let's take a look. The next film is the few uh, seconds from the Japanese expedition. It's from an airplane. Like I said, it's black and white, camera's shaky, it's not great quality, but take a look here at the thing they saw swimming across the body of water. So the last frame of that film is the, the picture I showed you. It does indeed look like a creature with a long neck, right? But it's so blurry that it's just hard to tell <laughs> really anything. All right, so what are some theories about the Mokele Mbembe? First, there's a theory that it's a real animal that has yet to be discovered and categorized by science. To me, this is very reasonable. As I mentioned before, 80%, 80% of the Congo River Basin and jungle is uncharted and unexplored by, by humankind. Sure, we have satellite photos, but you just see a bunch of the tops of trees. So that's one theory, that it's just a real animal that we don't know about yet, a modern animal. 
Second, there's a theory that, like Nessie from Scotland in the Loch Ness, the Mokele Mbembe is a holdover from the dinosaur age. Many people compare its description to, like I said, a sauropod like Brontosaurus or Diplodocus, uh, these large vegetarian dinosaurs. It's interesting that many locals who talk about the Mokele Mbembe claim, again, that it doesn't eat people, that it's vegetarian. Uh, what about an ancient creature surviving? Seems unrealistic. Again, I point you to the coelacanth. In the last episode, I was pronouncing it wrong, coelacanth. I was doing the classical Latin pronunciation, coelacanth, apparently, coelacanth. So this photo here, this is the ancient extinct fish that was millions and millions of years old that, as it turns out, was not extinct, but swimming around in the ocean just fine and happy, right? And it's been discovered. So it is absolutely possible that ancient animals have survived even millions of years. The question, though, is whether such a large animal could go undetected for the most part. Yeah, again, 80% uncharted of the area. But, you know, you'd think that some way, somehow, we would have captured one or documented it well. A third theory is that the creature is spiritual and supernatural. And before you scoff at this, this is a theory held by some African locals. They believe that it's a godlike creature and it's not completely animal or physical, it's spiritual. And if that's the case, I guess anything goes in terms of its abilities and, uh, and origins, right? Fourth, there's a theory that it's really another animal that's being mistaken for the, uh, for the creature from Mokele Mbembe, that it's a hippo, a rhino, or an elephant. Now, the prob problem with hippos and elephants, again, are their feet. They have different numbers of toes than, this, than these footprints. And again, there are no wild rhinos in the Congo Basin. That would seem to eliminate rhino. Another problem is that this theory assumes that the locals don't know what hippos, rhinos, and elephants are. It makes them look, you know, completely ignorant. But they're actually living among these creatures. So if anyone knows the difference between, you know, an elephant and a Mokele Mbembe, it would be the people who live among the elephants, wouldn't it? Finally, this one's interesting to me. There's, there's the theory that the um, stories of the Mokele Mbembe are actually folk memories. A folk memory is um, something that has been passed down through generations, stories that have been passed down from generation to generation, sometimes thousands or tens of thousands of years, that recall something that existed a long time ago but no longer exists. Um, and some people say this is a folk memory of the white rhinoceros, which is now completely extinct in the area, or even maybe some other ancient creature that did exist at one time. I'm not saying a dinosaur, you know, but something somehow that it existed that no longer does, but folk memories. You know, African culture is really big on storytelling, oral storytelling, and they pass down lots of information and stories, their history, everything through these oral accounts. And so maybe it is a folk memory of something that did exist, doesn't anymore, or maybe it still does. Then, of course, some people think it's all fake. We have to accept that as a possibility, at least. What do you think? I'll give you my opinion. I think uh, I feel the same way about the Mokele Mbembe as I do about the Loch Ness Monster and Bigfoot, that it's possible, that it's real. And if it is real, likely it is a cryptid, meaning an animal that we just have not discovered and categorized yet, or a slight chance that it's an ancient animal that has indeed survived, like the coelacanth. I don't think it's completely fake. I I'll agree that's a possibility, sure. But I think that all lores and legends and folklore and myths have a kernel of truth somewhere, somehow. Where else would they have come from? How else would they exist? I don't think that these cultures just one day say, hey, let's arbitrarily make up a lie and then just pass it on for generations. I just don't think that happens. Um, I think something out there is indeed in the unexplored depths of the Congo River Basin and the river itself and the bodies of water that contribute to it and feed off of it. 
What is it? I don't know. I hope that we can find it someday and settle the question, put it to rest. I'd love to hear what you think in the comments on YouTube if you're watching. If you're listening on Podbean or any other of the fine podcasting sites that we appear on, Fangs and Folklore, please email me at matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com, matthew.miller.writer at gmail.com, and I'm, I'd, be, I'd, be, I'd love to hear from you for any reason. YouTube also, please like and subscribe. That would be really helpful. Well, so I bid you good night from the Fangs and Folklore studio in the basement of the abandoned castle in the middle of the forest, and I think that maybe that, uh, what, what, what's that? The hell is, uh, uh, yeah, I better go, so, uh, until next time, uh, sleep well, if you can. <laughs>